Hello everybody, it's episode Hi. 5 Hi. of the, what is now officially, the Fighting Turtles podcast. Um, this week, That's what this uh, podcast is called? Yeah, Fighting Turtles. Don't, don't <laughs> interrupt my pre-intro, <laughs> you fuck. No, I... Cue listen, intro, legit. fuck it. When did Cue you guys intro. decide on making this... Why is it called the Fighting Turtles podcast? Because Fighting Turtles sounds cool, okay? Did we discuss it in a podcast? No. No? We didn't. Okay, well. So no, no. I, I pulled a Hitler and That's decided... That's the history of our name. Behind the scenes, oh, we're going to do Fighting Turtles podcast. All seven of our listeners are going to be totally okay with this. That's, that's, that's what you guys did. I don't care. Fighting Turtles. Look, the seven listeners are all just me anyway. <laughs> This, this is like, and we're like five of those listeners, like right now. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I constantly replay the podcast, just making sure everything sounds good. And you actually never seven times. To podcasts, you yeah. suck. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, he um, actually has seven windows open at once. Uh, uh, Aiden, I'm so sorry. Like, I want to say that I'm going to send this to you slightly edited, so it won't you don't be. have to oh, face no. the stuff. But we keep keep everything in because it's fine. <laughs> anyway. Um, yes, welcome aboard, here we are, finally starting, um, now, I'm gonna do introductions properly this time, so oh, when I call out your name, say hi, so, we have Jaraz. Oh, hi. <sighs> uh, we have Limier. Yo. We have Stu. Hi, how are you going? And we have a special guest, uh, benching in for us while Naufal is busy, uh, examining away, and hopefully... That all goes good. Uh, it's stuffies. You just said special, and then you said bench. I don't think it's special. Super sub. It's a special bench. Super I mean, sub. It's a, it's a very special bench. Super okay, sub. only right, very select the, people. That's, that's what I like to hear. Super sub. That's a that's a better term. That's a better. Term. Fine. Stuffies, um, give us yeah, a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Introducing our super sub stuffies. Ooh, yeah. Tell us a little about yourself. Uh, I'm a weave, and I like anime. What's your favorite? Well, yeah, other than that, a bit more. Come on, give us something to work with. I feel like that guy standing up, like that transfer student, and he has no idea what the fuck to say. So <laughs> every one of us. Just, just like, I guess it's getting a bit stuffy in here. Oh, oh God! It's like, do just I like, don't 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 make me fire you again. Don't make me fire you again. Sorry, I'll be here. Anyway, um, I'm tired. Let's keep this short and sweet. Um, we'll open up uh, news, updates, current season developments. So as far as news goes, um, this one's to all the club peeps. Uh, karaoke's happening Woo! like pretty much at the very edge of the end of exams. If you want to get into uh, it, book now book. or forever regret. Well, not book. Just please go on the Facebook yeah, event yeah, yeah. and say yes, you're going no. so that Dewan knows mm. that you're mm -hmm. actually going and need to Directly contact the AMC president, whose name escapes me at the moment, <laughs> and uh, inform him that you want to go to karaoke. Um, other than that, Limiel, uh, Jaws, maybe even Stuffies. Um, anything going on this season? Like any developments compared to versus like last episode? Well, in a week, uh, yeah, not really much has happened. Yeah. None of the shows I'm watching have gotten worse, so... 
What shows are, what, what shows are you watching right now? Oh, jeez. Sangatsuno Lion, Flip Flappers, Girlish Number, Hibiko Euphonium 2, Long Riders, Lost Storage Insider, Wickross, the one you'll love that one, Maho Shoujo Ikusei Keikaku, Maho Shoujo Nantimo Ii Desu Kara 2, Shakunetsu no Taki Musume, Shumatsu no Izeta, Soushin Shoujo Matoi, Stella no Maho. I can only do all this because there's nothing else to do. Meanwhile, I'm only watching Gintar. I haven't well, watched anything really long in a very long while, so I can uh, afford to watch all these shows. I mean, you know, I am I'm already behind like two episodes <laughs> on like Tiger Mask and JoJo, the only two what shows the I'm following so far. What are you doing? I, How do I've people been playing fall Digimon World, two man? Shows? I... <laughs> this is uh, no, forget it, forget it. I'll, I'll get onto them. I swear, one day. Hmm. <laughs> Oh god. Uh, anyway, um, I don't know if I made. It. I don't think we mentioned the topic at all at the start of the pre-intro. No, we haven't. No, we didn't. Not at all. Sorry, no. we'll mention it now. Damn it! It's what like I live in a crushing Sorry. dystopian society. Dystopia cast. Oh, that's that's yes. like my that's like my genre fetish. Dystopians are my god. That was last week's shit. Oh, so you're a perfect <laughs> guest. Genre fetish. Yeah, it's like, like it's 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 like one of those. If, if if there's a fetish, uh, a fetish, if there's a genre <laughs> that really gets me like going, it's it's dystopia. Wow, like, I love it. Okay, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, you're gonna fit right into this topic. Okay, um, uh, do you, completely unrelated to uh, any recent political happenings yeah, uh, anywhere no in the world at the moment. Yes, this is totally no spur of the moment whatsoever to any current events happening so far. But we figured, hey, this week, let's talk about uh, shitty societies and <laughs> shitty futures, shall we? Uh, In anime, oh, okay, so of that, course. So that was the link. Okay. That, that's, completely a, that's, unrelated. A clever link. that's a clever link, I gotta say. Well, clever yeah. link between what? This is completely off the cuff. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, like we were, we were just like, hey, you know, we did horror last week. I mean, like, what's horrific? Dystopian society. Your mother's cooking. Hey! Oh, Alright. I'm gonna fuck you Stuff up. The is, next this time has we absolutely made no relation to any real events. Don't worry. I am going to do something horrific to you next time we meet. We already no used one. that pun last time. <laughs> I reserve my right to reuse puns, damn it. Anyway, <clears throat> so, dystopia in anime. Now, when I think dystopia in anime, um, I immediately think. To the um, really, what is it, 80s, 90s? I think it's more 90s, the sort of cyberpunk, sci-fi, yeah, it's general more 90s. societal shittiness, yeah? Like, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking Akira, I'm thinking Ghost in the Shell, I'm thinking um, Jinro, even. So, Two of those uh, movies of were directed Star. by the same person. Yes, Fist of the North Star, exactly. All the things that I need to watch, but I still have not. Oh, Wait, you, you haven't seen Akira? Have seen... No, not even Akira. Oh wow! Oh shit! Yeah. Oh. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay. disappointed in myself there because I've been trying to find time to watch it, but it just go watch it. Okay. You you really do need to do that. Oh boy, is this but, um, thing I've got to watch? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh come on, guys. Akira Jeez. is like the reason anime is popular in the West at all. Like, yes. Man, I thought about. I thought and then Ghost in the Shell. Oh okay. I'm Asian. So who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Thank you. Thank okay. you for your contribution. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Wow. I don't even know if we can talk about um Akira and Ghost in the Shell. Maybe Ghost in the Shell a little. Oh, I've watched that, so you can. Okay, you can good. Speaking of which, <laughs> any uh, just a real sidetrack. Anyone see the teaser for the Scarlett Johansson's Ghost in the Shell? Yes, yeah, so oh, I have. Shit. I have. I hate it. I know I'm gonna hate this movie, but I'm still gonna go and see it just to it's hate on very, it. Very. <laughs> it's very aesthetically on point. I feel. No. No, like. My, no, fact, it's I, too pretty. Everything was so shiny. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't get he that. has a point. Like you, you, you go and look at the original yeah. movie. In the original movie, like all the buildings, like everything is rusting. Everything looks like it's made out of steel. There's all this water damage and everything. And the, the buildings, they look like I would just have to go like a poor part of Hong Kong or Shanghai and like, oh, oh, that's what that's Ghost in the Shell. It doesn't. It doesn't look like a future mm. dystopia. It looks like you know, at best, just a modern poor area. To be fair with stuffies though, like, um, you know, I, I saw the clip quickly and I'm like, wow, it's all so pretty. And then like, you came around and you said, ah, where the fuck are all the slums? And I'm like, oh shit. That's right. Where are all the fucking slums? Because like, that's, that's the whole point is that backdrop of the depressing, crumbling society. Meanwhile, all this cool cyber tech is happening, you know? I mean, like, and, to yeah. be fair, yes, it is a very short teaser. We've seen, what, like, two yes, minutes yes. of the movie in total now? Not even that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, the aesthetic might be not great, but mm-hmm. the rest of the movie could be good. They could adapt it faithfully, or they yes, could do it yes. really well. I don't mm-hmm. know. All I know is I don't like what I've seen so far at all. <laughs> yeah, well, ah. Uh... Look, we we can only hope that it's not going to be too shitty, right? Mm. I don't know. I, what's worse, it being shit or it being mediocre? I have no idea. Well, see, if it's oh. mediocre, it'll just be, you know, another movie no one remembers. Yeah. Although no, it'll I probably think, still I... make a billion dollars, so the studios won't care. But yeah, if yeah. it's bad, at least I can laugh at it being bad. <laughs> I think people yeah. expect it to be shitty. So if it is shitty, I think that's like the best sort of best case scenario because that's in line yeah, with yeah. most people's expectations. If it's mediocre, that means it's done something right and people mm. will either acknowledge that or you'll have like the fanatics that will deny it vehemently. And that yeah, mediocre yeah. space kind of like creates uh it could have been better. Like there's potential there and it could have been better. And then people will be like, oh, if only it didn't do this, or if only they didn't cast these people. So I feel like if it becomes mediocre, it'll create a really sort of dividing space in yeah, the yeah. in the in the fan community. So that's my opinion. Mm. Yeah. Hang on, quick aside just before anything else. What song should I use for the uh, Ghost in the Shell uh, little intro bit here? I've been like racking my brains trying to find out. Well, the two openings. <laughs> the anyway. complex serpenting. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, if, like automatically, that's what I thought. Then, really, should I go with that? It's a good Maybe. song. Maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll have that. Like, it all. It's all done in post. But like, yeah, good job, me. Nice song selection. <laughs> so um, well done. Back, back in all topic. Right, so, yeah, yeah. So um, can... yeah, I was just... Yes? Yes? What? You're not gonna say anything? Okay. Uh, Good topic. No, I was just about to say, like, yeah, um, uh, moving aside from all that, um, they really like that sort of thing, don't they? The, um, kinda late 90s, 
early 2000s-ish crumbling building-y look thing. Because Akira was um, was a very similar sort of backdrop, wasn't it, aesthetically? Mm, yeah, uh, Akira... Hmm. I think Akira is a little more 80s in its sci-fi approach, which does make sense. The manga yes, is from the yes, early yes, 80s, yes. but this, I think, ignoring the story and just looking at how the art looks in both Akira and Ghost in the Shell, they tend to look kind of similar. You know, big buildings everywhere, you know, everything's mm-hmm. huge. You know, there's tons of rundown <coughs> areas. I, th- I think the... It's, the, it's that- it's, it's it's a very good aesthetic. From, yeah, yeah. It's taking from that uh, Blade Runner aesthetic. Yes, yes. They they all yes. look like they belong in Blade Runner. God, they they all they all pretty much draw from that. Now, Blade Runner, I have I actually haven't seen. So oh. that's that's a sin on oh, my part. Oh, you should. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, I, know. I think and like especially since it draw like pretty much all those like sci-fi dystopias kind of really draw from that. Yeah, I think like even w- in anime, one of the reasons, especially when you look at anime and you look at like eighties and nineties, and you, like you try and look for dystopia, especially they all draw from Blade Runner because Blade Runner was the dystopia around that time. Mm, yeah, like, well, yeah, when yeah. when you look to sci-fi for that era, you've got Star Wars. Star Trek yeah. and Blade Runner. And yes, Star yes. Wars and Star Trek aren't dystopia. That's right, that's right. Yeah. So, and then there's Mad Max. And then there's Mad Max, yeah. which... Mad, oh, no, the Fist oh. of the North Star takes from Mad Max. Yeah, Fist of the North Star is basically a the, Japanese the Mad Max. Aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Oh. And then, of course, thanks to Fist of the North Star, we had JoJo. But that's a different story. Let's talk about. Um, hang on. Like, so while we're on the topic of those old school dystopian style movies, is um, I don't know. I wanted to talk briefly about Jinro, but like, aside from how fucking cool the suits of armor are, and how tense the whole movie was, I don't know much else that I can really talk about as far as Jinro goes. Um, I guess it also draws from the Blade Runner aesthetic a little. It's um. Yeah. Well, it's it's also directed by um, Oishi, isn't it? So, is it? I'm, I'm pretty right. sure it is. So, you know, director Ghost in the Shell directs Jinro. Mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell had a similar aesthetic to Blade Runner, as a lot of 80s and 90s uh, sci-fi did. It's not really that unusual that an early two was Jinro early 2000s. I think it was, or, Probably, or late yeah. 90s. But, you know, it's not unusual that. Another sci-fi movie made only a few years later by the same director as Ghost in the Shell ends up looking fairly similar. Mm, and and yeah, if I'm wrong yeah. about those details, people are going to crucify me, so I'll go check that out first. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think you're good. Don't worry. Like, like <laughs> uh, I, I've consulted with our listeners, and they're all okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you talk with yourself? Uh, no. All, all seven Shut of up. our That's not what he meant. He, he talked in the ghosts <laughs> inside him. Ah, uh, week. <laughs> Good gracious. Um. So, uh, yeah. So, so far, it's all been very sci-fi and dystopias. And uh, when I think about recent titles, of sci-fi and dystopia, it's of course Psychopaths. Is definitely the big one. Another sci-fi series, of course. But, yes, yeah. Um, What's up with sci-fi and dystopia, I guess? I guess, well, I, I guess because dystopia is generally a view 
of the future going yeah, bad. Yeah, so true, you often yeah. end up with sci-fi. E- even if you end mm-hmm. up with a more less technological sci-fi, more low-key, like, say, 1984, it's still sci-fi. So yeah, I-, I think yeah. it's just inherent to the genre. Um, yeah, at this point it is, isn't it? Yeah. The, it's very hard to find non-science uh, dystopia, I think. Mm, I'm, re- I'm ready for the, uh, for the fantasy um, shitty society titles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, yeah. that that's gonna yeah. that's probably gonna be like different fantasy races. That's probably like oh, no God. game, no life yeah. in like the most basic term in terms of description. Huh, well, like you could see that... you could see it as a sort of. Oh, I uh, guess so. I mean, like it's a stretch, it at, but like no, yeah. If you take it at perfectly like um, surface value of like how the world works, then I, I can totally see that. But you know. It's probably yeah. a bit too um, escapist in its basic concept mm. to uh So going back to really... Psychopaths, just yes. a little tidbit. Psychopaths is written by Jiren Urobuchi. And in 2003, yes. he released a short visual novel called Junka no Monshu. Basically, okay, long story short, it's a fanfiction to Equilibrium. Equilibrium? Okay, now you guys know Equilibrium? Holy shit, Okay. I like yeah, I feel like I've heard of it. It starts. Well. Okay. It's a dystopian movie regarding to thought crime and starring Christian Bale, who uses oh, Don Kata. Oh, Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. That was great. Is that actually, like, legit a fan fiction towards that? It's best. Well, it's very, very, very similar to the point where basically you can say it's a fan fiction. It's okay. And so it's a nod, it's a nod towards the movie. Oh, that was yeah. a great movie. Okay. Yeah. So basically, in the movie, people take these pills to suppress their emotion, if I'm not mistaken, right? And then there's this like underground sort of resistance that tries to, you know, make people like feel emotions again and shit. And then Christian Bale is like one of those, one of these police enforcer guys or something like that. And he misses like his, his dose and like he starts to feel emotions again and he, you know, goes and, I feel like I've the, heard that plot elsewhere. Like it's it's a really stylish sort of uh, Matrix looking aesthetic, and and he plays oh, like early two thousand sci fi. It's like two thousand four, I think the movie was made. Nice earlier. And there's a lot of action in it. And uh, sorry, I don't know where this was going. I'm just describing the movie now. But where was this That's going? That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the movie came out two thousand two. Oh, two thousand two. Okay. Oh right, it was it was a fan fiction towards uh, Urobuchi's work. What was it called? No, no, no. No, no the no. other way around. No, Urobuchi's no. work was the fan fiction. Uh, it, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't work. say fan fiction directly because it it's, the release date is very close, but it's less than two hours anyway, so he can write it out like within a month, I suppose. Okay. But yeah. Hmm. All right. Um. Yeah, that is an interesting tidbit. Um. Uh, well, going back to okay, Psychopath, so, Psychopath is an interesting yes. dystopia because it's. Like you're able to look back at those '90s movies we've been talking about. They're all very dark. Like the aesthetic mm, is a world yes. where everything's broken down, and dark, and decaying, and dying. You go yep. look at Psychopaths. Everything looks really nice to the point yes. where uh, I'm not sure if this is a spoiler or not. It'll get cut if it is, I suppose. Uh, one of the main kind of themes of the world is. Sure, we're technically a dystopia, but it's kind of nice anyway, isn't it? I mean, no one, there's no real big problems going on. 
yeah. To the point where um, in so- the movie, that's kind of the central plot of the movie, is that the civil system is seen as being, you know, so good at making Japan such like the perfect society that this Southeast Asian country wants to export it into their borders because it does seem to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, then, then like the question, um, so yeah, so Akira, so Jinra, so, um, what was it, Ghost in the Shell, they're all very outworldly, outwardly, like very on the surface dystopian, very like Blade Runner dystopian. Um, but here in Psychopaths, it's like, it's kind of like, um, well, the, that, exploring that kind of concept, like, isn't, isn't the society that, is the, of the society seemingly utopian? And requiring, like, this yeah, sort yeah. of deep dystopian it's disconnect. Kinda like, it's kind of like order. underlying, it's not explicit. Yes. It's yeah. not like out, like you mm. said, it's very like, well, I, I think it's, it's system, more that probably. the, the other movies are kind of going, this is what the future will be like if we just let everything fall apart. Whereas Psychopaths mm. is kind of like, this is what the future will be like if we let everything fall apart and then we give in to a system that will save just us. Totalitarian. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Totalitarian. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's kind of like if 1984 didn't involve repressing everyone by making everything shit, I guess. <laughs> Which I think is what Brave New World is about, except I... Uh, quite embarrassingly, have not actually read Brave New World. <laughs> Isn't the Brave no, New World the one where, yes. like, the dystopia came from the above, like the over-excessive amount of information that the truth get drowned out? I, I think that and no, no. something... Wasn't it also something involving, like, uh, emotional suppression or, or no, emotional indulgence? There's something like... Brave New World, basically, the world is like... Um, I'm not sure how I can play this right. You're basically born into one of these five casts of people, like from really like smart to really stupid, but everyone is content because of like social conditioning and shit. And that's pretty much like how it is. So it's a utopia at the at the surface level because everyone's content with with, with where they are and everyone It's a utopian world that us looking on the outside of it, having not experienced it, see it as a dystopia. So basically psychopaths. Yes. Yeah, it's, pretty yeah, much. it is psychopath. It's the kind of world modern viewers don't really want to have to engage in, but view like uh, people in these worlds don't mind because everything works. Yeah. It it just works. It's an interesting take on dystopia, I think. Yeah, yeah. I that feel is, like there was I feel like there's a bit of sorry. there was a bit of a paradigm shift somewhere from the 80s and 90s and towards now because now when you see dystopia it's very like sleek looking everything's really clean and whenever you have like dirty like slums or places it's always very sep- like re- it's clearly separate from the the clean the cleanliness of it like hunger games example they have they have very specific districts and each district gets better and better as you go on well th- there's another like- really unusual example of what is technically a dystopia but no one really seems to recognize it because it's so clean asterisk war it is technically a world where people are forced into these you know inhuman uh fighting tournaments but n- you know that is the setting for a dystopia but no one recognizes it because first of all it's a terrible show and everything's so pretty <laughs> and clean you know it's it's kind of weird to see all these modern anime dystopia look so nice. Whereas all these old ones 
look kind of dirty and you kind of have to wonder I, I is, is I this I don't think it's the I don't think I, maybe my argument was a bit like off because I'm not really arguing about the aesthetic I feel like if if a, if a show is a dystopia it has to touch on certain like social commentaries I suppose yeah, yeah, yeah. so it doesn't it is like if something is a dystopia like ask a setting like Asterix Wars it doesn't just mean it's a dystopia just because of where it's set it has well, yeah, to yeah, like, that's, touch that's on it has to touch on certain, like, you know, social commentaries. Or whatever. Well, I'm know. just saying, oh. Asor kind of has, like, the framework for a dystopia cyberpunk kind of show. And it just doesn't go with it because it's just a terrible harem show. But I, I, I just mean, like, it's kind of interesting because you look at all these old 80s and 90s shows and they were produced with cell animation. And cell animation had you know lots of errors on it because you know you had to paint it their actual physical objects stuff like that and but these modern shows are all digital they can look as pretty or as dirty as you like so you kind of have to wonder is some of this you know nice looking aesthetic just a result of the fact that making things look dirty takes more work maybe you slap out more texture yeah like um to make something look really detailed you have to actually work on it you have to make the texture, but in the past, you could just, you know, the texture was just there because of the way you were producing the anime. Mm-hmm. Um, just on the topic <coughs> of uh, shows that are like, uh, you know, subtly, like, it's, it, the dystopia is there, but not really addressed. I mean, like, technically, Evangelion, like, would be quite the, dy- really a dystopian show, isn't it? Would well, you classify it's, it, it as a dystopia, though? It has a dystopian setting, for sure. Yeah, that, yes, it's, yeah. It, it kind of oh. feels like, you know, us were before, you know, dystopian setting, definitely, we're post-apocalypse, yeah. everything sucks, but... Yes, yes. Does it feel like a dystopia? It doesn't... Does it fit I, I don't think it necessarily touches on any of the conventions of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. But, yeah, yeah. because um, shitty society is sort of in... Kind of implied and inherent in there, uh, yeah. I mean, like even Gurren Lagan has um, then you know, the inherent kind of like yeah. But everyone knows yeah. that's not a dystopia because yeah, like, yeah exactly. It, well, it doesn't exactly. have yeah, it doesn't have the moral conventions. I well, like... Gurren Lagan and Evangelion are kind of like you know part of the question of where do you draw the line between this is just a bad post-apocalyptic society and this is a dystopia. You know, do you have to yes. have the proper cyberpunk aesthetic, or can you do away with that a little as long as you touch on some of the questions dystopias tend to ask? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or do you have to do any Spoiler of that? warning. Spoiler warning. There is a dystopia in Grunagan. Anti-spiral. The society oh, right. is a yes. complete dystopian. Yeah. I, well, I guess, yeah. The, yeah. the anti-spiral came. The anti-spiral destroyed human society and now the world is shit, and it's being purposely repressed, and all of this is terrible, no. terrible spoilers for Gurren Lagan. I'm talking about their own society. Yes, yes the, yeah, yeah, the anti-spirals yeah. are. Um, they're kind of mm-hmm. 1984-ish in that sense. You know, everyone's purposely yeah. repressing themselves because it makes the best possible uh, society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, the thing is... um. Uh, I think, uh, like, with those two shows, those three shows, like, Gurren Lagan, Eva, and even Asterix Wars, I guess, um, <laughs> it's, uh, there's this, I don't know, is there, like, there's the inherent idea of, like, 
breaking out of that mold of bad society, isn't there? It's well, yeah, because uh, Gurun Lagan is all about anti-establishments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gur- Gurun Lagan is all about beating up the power. It's all about you know this is the best way to live. The best way to live is to be yourself. Ava which, doesn't. Which is why I love the message. second arc. Yeah, true. Yeah, I, I I tend to like the second arc for a similar reason. You know, it's yes. it's kind of cool just because you know the first the first arc was kind of good, but the second arc ramps up all the messages and themes about it. It's also a little less subtle about it, but I don't think Gurren Lagann was a show that needed to be subtle at any point. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, the build did itself very well to really ramp things up in that second act. But yeah, we're, we're moving a little away from the uh, dystopian idea there. Um, Alright. Uh, okay, Um, interesting thing that Jeroz brought up just earlier. Hi. Um... Was uh like talking about a Gachaman? Gachaman Kraus in Why particular. Did you up? <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. Hang on, no. Um, before that, I, I just want to uh, uh, I want to address quickly an elephant in the room. Um, well, uh, the real <laughs> the real point of this episode was probably to talk very a, a little bit about Shinsekai Yori, just a oh. tiny bit. I want to reserve that for the end, though. Because I do want to talk about spoilers. Because congratulations, Stooge has finally just finished watched it. I finished it. Oh, yes. nice! I watched like twelve episodes today. Yeah. Anyway, so before we um, yeah, uh, we're leaving that to the end. I'll put out a big spoiler warning before we start on the big rant. But so, Jerome's, um, no, because I'm curious because you mentioned this earlier. But you said um, Gotcha Man Crowns was like on the cusp of being a dystopia or something. Okay. Okay. History lesson. Gachaman Crowds is a reboot of a Tatsunoko uh, show, Gachaman, which yes, which is basically Gachaman them only. Which and I tend to pre- tend to prefer to call it Crowds instead because it's essentially a new IP with just some references to the old Gachaman like mythos and such. Mm-hmm. So it has two two seasons. I'm gonna explain this one because I think more people should watch this show because it's a fantastic show altogether. There's two seasons, each one top episode each, and the first one is about the celebration of the whole connectivity of the internet of the society and in some way the internet itself, where at the end of where it becomes a, basically a celebration again, like basically taking in the whole social aspect of the society, the internet, and making the good out of it, instead of being worried about the downfalls, about the whole misuse, the whole, basically celebration of how, like, the group, the culture of the group and the community bonded together through this whole interconnectivity. Mm-hmm. The second, the, one, the reason why I want to bring it up is because in the second one, Insight, basically called Insight, the, the yeah, the basic plot, the initial premise is basically that one day a friendly alien comes to Japan. A very, very friendly one, a very amicable one, a very charming alien comes to Japan. And she has the ability to see, to basically draw out people's feelings to see what they are feeling, like, what they are feeling, what they are thinking of, what their really attitudes like. So basically, to get the you, mood, the atmosphere. Yeah, like you cannot hide what you're thinking. 
you cannot hide what you are feeling like in front of others. Basically, why you sh- everything will be shown like in a very like very figurative speech bubble on top of you. What happens is that there's an election. Ha! There's an election like very early on in the show, and she basically just go, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix everything. I'm gonna fix this horrible situation, this economic climax. I'm gonna use my power like." And I'm basically, she. The second season is all about the danger of the mob mentality, where everyone just follow the mood, follow the follow the atmosphere, basically just follow the trend, and basically meme her way into prime minister. <coughs> Not subtle political reference. No, but and <laughs> yeah, and it was horrible because after she take the ultimate power. This become a, kind of like a totalitarian dystopia. Like very mm-hmm. borderline in, because she can see what everyone's thinking. She can basically use that. Even though she might have no, no, means no harm, she basically hates when people going against the mood of the society. So if there's a disruption, she'll just take it out because it doesn't feel comfortable. So she's like she big brother on steroids. <laughs> Yes. She wants everyone to be happy. <laughs> Sounds scary, like, man. On the, on the first thought, it's a very noble attempt because everyone's happy. Good. Everyone's happy. So what do you do with the people who's not happy? You take them out. Oh, shit. That's freaking Fate Stay Night Grail logic right there. <laughs> okay, I know. All right, all right. Yep. Now, yeah. I, now I'm buying the dystopian idea for Gacha Man, which I guess yeah. I have to watch now. <laughs> Yeah, this show is yeah. amazing. Like, it, yeah. it aired like last year, and uh, I, I was like, oh god, don't tell me it's gonna repeat itself again. And yep, the prophecy is real. <laughs> oh, speaking about uh, the way it works, I just thought this C.S. Lewis quote seems to kind of apply to Catcher in Crowds here. Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. Is, mm. w- would you say that describes Catcher in Crowds' insight? Matt, what do you say? I'll repeat again. Uh, I I reckon it. Well, he t- he thinks he's doing the right thing, right? He's making everyone happy by taking out the bad, right? But I think, I've, at the end, eventually everyone feels like, oh, he's gone a bit too far, and then everyone eventually wants him out of the house. Uh, <laughs> house. <laughs> yeah, the house. The uh, yeah, you get the idea. Um. But that's that's the problem with the what's it called the the kooky right? They um they they are the the incarnate in the incarnation of the people's mood, the atmosphere. So essentially, that's what he's done. He's he's taken out their mood and event and then the mob mentality. You get the idea. Oh uh, yeah, and another thing that you bring up, uh, Danganronpa is a game where you find out spoiler warnings that it actually takes place in a dystopia world. And the anime, Tenkanova 3, shows the, how we, this world, came to that place. And this is funny. This is basically one of the, one of the key, key lines in the show. Uh, I can't remember the exact phrase, but basically, it's that the memes will bring about the end of the world. And that's exactly what happened. Everyone just got caught up in the atmosphere and just got into the whole mood of rioting altogether. It was fantastic. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
<laughs> they actually say memes. Like, actually says memes. Holy shit. So it's like Metal Gear Rising, then. <laughs> what? Memes! The DNA of the soul. The DNA. <laughs> <laughs> that was that just, uh, even out of context, is one of the finer lines of video gaming. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Alright, okay. So, it's finally time. We've got to talk about the dystopia to end all dystopias. Um, seemingly a peaceful, idyllic society. As it turns out, as each episode passes, it's, it's less, it becomes less and less peaceful. From this point onward, if you haven't this point, seen it, if you have not seen Shinseka Yori, please turn off this podcast, join us next week, subscribe to our Twitter and Facebook. We have a Twitter? Um, we have, we a, have Facebook. a Facebook? We'll have one. <laughs> but no, please, don't, don't spoil yourself. This show is good enough that you need to enjoy it unspoiled, and then later on you need to watch it again knowing what happens at the end, because it is a mm. brilliant show. Yes. It is one of the few so shows from A1 it. Pictures I actually like. Yeah, when I went to watch it, I made sure to go in completely blind, and boy was I not disappointed. How are you able to say this when you are blind? <laughs> okay, take our long-ass spoiler warning as the biggest recommendation you can find. Here we okay. go. Shundais. So, all right. Okay. okay. First things first. Stooge, <laughs> you just finished. I did. I just finished so, about half an hour ago. Impressions. Okay. Give us your impression. What do you think? It's well. It's definitely different. Like a lot of the shows I've watched have usually been around the genre of superheroes or maho shoujo or stuff like that, right? Yes. But this one, it was sort of. How do I explain it. The hu- the people were more vulnerable in a sense. There was no pl- visible plot armor. But anyway, we're gonna let's get out of that. Um, the actual story. So essentially, society has become essentially natural selection. They're breeding. No, they're not breeding. That's a stupid word. They're the. I can't explain it very well. Even though mm. I just watched it all today. Oh, I, I think I think that's probably the most poignant way to put Shinsengayori. No. <laughs> have, 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 having marathoned it in an entire day myself, it's... God, it's... It's that, hard, that, isn't it? <laughs> it stayed with me that entire night. It stayed with me for nearly a month afterwards. I'm bringing it up now, and it's still staying with me. Because it's... <sighs> Right, it so, really is difficult to put into words. I would have found it difficult to watch weekly because <laughs> it is the kind of show where you want uh, more. You always want to know yes. more. Every single episode ends with like the start of the next episode. So yes, it's like, yes. really, you, you know what I mean. You get you have to watch the next episode, right? You itch for the next one. But That's anyway, um, we, we can leave the big dissection of this for later. Because it's time to talk about the dystopian aspect of it. Right. Now, you start off Shinsekaiori and like, you know, oh, it's this village of psychics and they have mystic, mysterious rituals. Mm, and they have and a good then, taste in music. Mm, yes, exactly. <laughs> and then, of course, like, uh, I don't know where, which episode it was exactly where I, I was completely, like, they completely 
pulled out the uh, dystopia cart. But I think it was the episode where they, uh, the kids cornered the um, library creature or something? Oh, uh, yeah, that was four. five or something. Four. 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 Yeah, was four. Yeah, no. Because, like, that just that, that changed the whole fucking thing. Mm. That made it so that this show can be talked about in this podcast right now. Yes, exactly. It's, well, they, it became the, the kids themselves are shocked in that episode. You know, they're going like, don't go, don't go. And Saki is the only one who is just so intellectually curious. She wants to know more. Yes. Uh, wasn't it Shun as well? Like, he I, was I th- asking all the questions. I think Shun as well, yes, but I haven't seen it in a while. Oh, good for y- you. You yeah. are the master here, Stooge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were you were the one that watched it most recently, but um yeah um so it's this is one of those dystopias which is like uh you know yeah if if you think X Men like this is the whole reason the Sentinel program was put into place eh <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much they, yeah, they, they're afraid of Charles Xavier going ape shit and like in Japan like their Charles Xavier has already gone ape shit mm. yeah so when you think about it it sort of starts off like you. People are disappearing. You don't really mm-hmm. know why. You just know they had a bit of an emotional breakdown beforehand. Then we get to episode four, and they start explaining things like fiends and or ogres, if you're watching the other dub, and uh, karma yeah. demons. And then you sort of realize, oh, they're doing this with a with an ulterior motive, so yes. that they don't actually just kill everyone in the village. Yes, yes, it's it's the creation. It's the attempt to create a utopian society, but of course. In order to create the utopia, some people have to die. Yes, it's psychopaths again. <laughs> but like here, it's 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 on the, like an entirely, completely different level, because um because now it's it's time to talk about like probably the ultimate spoiler, the, the complete the last episode, episode. twenty five spoiler that yes. the queerettes are indeed more human Olive than we trees. thought. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Um, okay. The queer like from episode. Oh. Mm. They didn't actually know they um. It's hinted at that they descended from humans. Mm-hmm. It is heavily hinted at. Heavily hinted at. Yes. Uh, they pretty much like um. They spell it out on a white. They are the Mexicans. Then, they don't refer to the whiteboard whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's no wonder the recent presidential oh. election. I mean, what? It's oh, man. Um, yeah. No, so if episode four was like like the first time um, the idea of a dystopia ever actually came to fruition, the last episode turns the whole thing into like it, it wasn't just a dystopia like um, as as the origin story of this one. It's 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 a systemic. It's mm. Fucking well, I I think the human ex- cattle levels of. You sort Oppression, of see the exact cause of like where mm, humans divided yes. itself and caused this dystopic future. I think the queerettes yes. overall are kind of rep- they're very representative of this dystopia, obviously, but they they present a more interesting take on the dystopia. So usually in a dystopia story, yes. we're following along with one of the oppressed, and we get yes. to see them try to struggle against the uh, oppressing force. Sometimes they win, mm-hmm. sometimes they lose. Shinsekayori yep, yep. is more interesting because we aren't following the oppressed. We are secretly the whole time, even though at the start we think, oh, these kids, they're being killed off. But we realize the kids are just being called to, you know, make society work. And yes. at, and by the time we get to the last episode, as we've been following along 
with the Kurats. You know, in, in the beginning, we kind of feel a little bit sympathetic for them. They seem like a little mm-hmm. bit dumb, a bit. Yeah, and then, all the work. Yes. and then we see them <clears throat> like industrialize and turn into a fully fledged nation, and we start to realize, hey, they're the oppressed ones. These are the ones we would be following in any other story. The humans are the bad guys here. And yes. and it is yeah. it is perfectly summed up in Squealer's Look. line in the very last episode where he yes. uh says, We are human. And Yes, uh, he screams screams, yes. To we are, we are human to a crowd yes, that laughs in his face. Yes. Cackle. That is and exactly how a dystopia would work in this situation. They are the under. They are the Untermensch. Who cares? Lock them up. Mm. Throw them in a prison. Let them die. God, that that was That's just definitely, fucking definitely like a good point. And if I just to wanna, be fair, though, yes. If I just want to say mm-hmm. something, one of the reasons I love yes, yes, dystopias. Go. One of the reasons I love dystopias is because of the world building that goes into them. And Shin Sakaiori mm. is an excellent example of really, really good yes. world building. Just peeling off the layers of what the world is like. So we're thrown into the world and we see little by little just the different aspects of the world. And not just the different aspects, but the history behind them as well. I forgot which episode was it, but in one of the episodes they, they showed uh they showed Japan as a feudal as a as a post feudal society. Uh when the new ruler was brought out and, and everyone had to clap for him and if he stopped clapping he would burn you on the spot. That, that was so a really cool. like Oh uh, yeah, the see, emperor. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That was a really the first one hundred to stop clapping will be sacrificed. Exactly, that was a really poignant scene because it was a yes. it was in direct contrast to what you saw now. So you saw that it wasn't always this way. They had to progress <laughs> to to mm-hmm. where they are now, and they had where to take these new very, radicals. Yeah, they, it's very culturally ingrained. It's, it goes back to. To, uh, to feudalism in Japan, and even now in in the in the utopia where the show is set, there's a lot of cultural nods to to uh, specific like Japanese sort of elements, like the like the holy rings, the holy barriers, and the yeah, Shin, Shin Sekayori yeah. wouldn't work in any other culture. Like I I, cl- no, I could no. not see an American studio ever producing something like this because. The morals of the show are so inherently Japanese, you know. Yeah. Learn to li- learn to live with society. You know. Learn that there are some things beyond your control. You know that that is such an that is antithetical to like an American movie standpoint. It wouldn't mm. ever work. No, like I I I I touched on this like just earlier before, but like you know, it's the fucking X Men. <laughs> there, there ain't there there is no. It's, School for mutants <laughs> in Shinsei Kaiori. Like, there, there, there is none of that shit. Immediately, it's just <laughs> oppressive, shitty systems. And yeah, I, I uh, guess there fuck. is there is a good parallel between the X Men and between Shinsei Kaiori. In, in the X Men, mm. the <laughs> mutants are never really too powerful to do like a ton of damage, or or in the very yes. least, the X Men presents it that you know none of them are that psychopathic. And, you know, mm-hmm. they all they all gather around a leader, whether yeah. it's Professor Xavier or Magneto. They all gather around someone yes. big. But in the history of Shinsei Kaiori, you know, no. there are crazy the psychopathic right. kids who just murder no. everyone. Yeah, it's, no, it's such a different power, outlook. Power corrupts, but it also almost immediately corrupts. Mm. They realize they have psychic abilities, and what do they fucking do? They go on a fucking murder spree. Yeah, it's... and not only that, but the victims are helpless to stop it due to yes! death feedback and attack inhibition. 
So, uh, oh. yeah, right. you know, the, um, yeah. Put it this anyway. way. I can see the society being, like, putting a lot of effort into starting <clears throat> another ca- catastrophe from this happening again. That's why they have the whole death feedback thing here, because they don't want people to kill mm-hmm. other people. But then yeah, yeah, some yeah. stuff has just happened. Like, you somehow just bypassed, which is why I fucking hate Squirrelers at all. Fucking war crime criminal. Squeeder. Well, I think... So, uh, one of the things... Oh, sorry, if I could just touch no, back so, to yes, sir, for a second. Yes, oh, yeah. I was going to touch on X-Men too. <laughs> oh, uh, there's this really great video. Uh, there's a very good uh, video essay by Captain Crispin. You should check out his YouTube channel, by the way, if you haven't. Uh, and he talks mm-hmm. about the X-Men. And the X-Men, uh, at the time was made, was a sort of mirror towards... Uh, the Civil Rights Movement. Minor- yeah, the Civil Rights Movement, exactly. And the, and the X-Men had to be proud of who they were, and they had to show it. It was very individualistic, which was very... Uh, which is a common thing of like American, American culture. Everyone is proud of who they are, and they're not afraid to like show it. Like Everyone is defined by their individual traits and what they can do well. And in Shinsekai Ori, it's completely the opposite. Everyone is called to to be the same, to avoid their powers going out of control. It's a ve- it's a very much societal uh, sort of mentality. So you're not allowed to stick out because if you stick out, you get ushered away into and get killed, right? Like Shin. Yeah. And it, it wasn't any fault like... of his own. It wasn't any fault of his own per se, but it still no, no. emphasizes that sort of dichotomy between the two between the two different cultures. So that's something I it's, it's the it's the very essence of Japanese society. The nail that sticks out is hammered down. And, yeah. and, and now I will bring up my X-Men v Shinsekai comparison, which turns out to be extremely similar to your own. I guess this is just a general America v Japanese culture theme, but in the X-Men, although of course they never actually reach this point because the comic can never end, the ultimate goal of the X-Men is eventually basically the same as the civil rights movement. Everyone just get let's let's things by. Just mutants live in our society. Mutants don't need to be registered. They can just be free. They can be happy. They can experience life in the same way as any other normal God-fearing American. In Shinsekai Yori, uh, no, actually go back into X-Men. In X-Men, like I can. I can see that goal, and it's like, yeah, that, that sounds good. Sure, I support this goal. It's a nice goal. I look at Shinsekai though, and the goal of Shinsekai is the nails hammered down, uh, the threats eliminated, and on the one hand, I kind of hate that that is the solution, but the other hand, I can find find myself agreeing with it. You know, the the, the American solution, I guess, to the problem is is a goal which it's just like yeah I agree with that sure whatever I like I have no moral qualms of it whereas when we move to the Japanese solution to the problem it's a very emotional reaction within me you know I, it's a very term, big amount of turmoil. Put it this I would say it's a very collectivist approach. No, no I, yes. I mean more like in relation to myself. I want oh, yeah, the solution right. yeah, yeah, Shinsekai yeah. yeah. presents to the problem, and it it generates all these emotions within me, and it generates debate within me. Whereas I look at the X Men solution, it's just like, yeah, I agree. You know, uh, there's, okay, right. there's no put it this way, though. Put it this way, the stakes in Shinsekai is way higher than the ones in X Men. Yes, most X Men powers are... X Men has has X Men has some insane mutants. Like I'm no comic book uh, yes uh, elite yes. by any means. X Men has insane mutants. Some... 
There is they, one comic, there's one one shot in that's been circulating image a lot of times, where just one kid waking up and realize he killed everybody in his town. He can't do anything, and the 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 comic one shot finished off with Wolverine basically just killing him, because Wolverine is the only one who can get close to the kid. That's basically the same yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I read that one. Yes. That's basically the same idea. Anyone in this world of Shinsaku Yori can become that kid. Which is yes. why they have to pres- they have to prevent anything from like from ever happening again because it can dis- bring about the destruction of the society very very easily. Mm. X Men is like oh wait you can turn invisible oh oh how great let me just spray uh, some dust onto you. But like for every uh, for every like one hundred of those harmless mutants you have like one world reality bending mutant but that's the thing. So like yes. it kind of evens out, but I guess I can kind of see your point. Hmm. Because, well, I mean, because in X Men, a lot of the mutants are like otherworldly, so like they're so big that it doesn't really matter if we concern them or not. With Jin Sakaiori, it's really like sort of grounded, like everyone, like the it's very it's very like yeah, it's very grounded. That's what I'm trying to say. They don't have a common enemy in Jin Sakaiori. They don't have to amass a big army. They don't have to. They don't have to collect to like preserve their power. They don't have to fight anyone. They are the top. They they just want to preserve a very safe society. That's it. When X Men, mm-hmm. you cannot just say okay, let's just lose our powers because it's fine. Because there's like some random bullshit like Thanos or something like that just gonna come down one day and then fight you guys. Yeah, fair. That's that's a fair. Point. Right. Um. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad we put the spoiler warning for this big uh, X Men <laughs> discussion. Mm. Spoiler alert for X-Men as well. <laughs> what, Thanos the big guy? <laughs> Thanos the big guy? Oh my goodness. For you! For you! Ah! Bane yeah. uh, Anyway, so... Uh, uh, just, just, hang on. Just to quickly go into that, um... You, you say... Um, yeah, they put in all these the stuff in Shinsuke Kaiori and like all that happens is to protect society. And yet the queer rats still have to be genetically engineered so they can be killed without consequence. Because they think they're not humans. Yeah, they're exactly. Stormtrooper effects. They're yes. humans, but they've been made so to look so unhuman, inhuman. That, you know, like, I'll just fucking kill them if they get inconvenient. It kind of brings up an interesting question, though, especially with um, how they raise um, Maria and Mamoru's child. Now that Saki and Satoru know the Quirats are basically humans, would they be able to kill them? (sighs) Man, that's hypothetical. Find out in season two. That no, I mean, Saki, Saki finishes off Squealer in his, um, uh, I have no mouth, but I must scream state, remember? Oh, yes. Oh, true, true. So, like, I don't know if maybe she's, like, deep, like, because all she sees is this clump of flesh. You could that, be, ar- it could be like, argued she's kind of a psychopath there. Everyone's yeah, and she is a bit of an outlier. Anyway, like this is this is all for a later dissection episode because we are definitely going to fucking do that yes. after everyone rewatches it or something. But um, so I think I think the conclusion is quite clear. Shinsai Kaiori wins the top dystopia award for not yeah. only having one dystopia but two dystopias layered within one another. The old double dystopia. Mm. Good old dystopia. double dystopia. Mm. Get get more more value for money, and uh, I don't know if we really need any closing remarks because um, I mean, um, I guess I'll say if you're going to yes. watch Shinsekai Yuri, just be mindful about episode eight. 
I think <laughs> I think those who are hearing yeah, this th- part those, basically those are, the other. Yeah, those who are at this point already know about episode eight. Okay, let's if you're rewatching episode eight, brace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny though. Like back in the days when it first aired in like 2012, I think 2012, May 2012. Yeah, yeah. one of my friends. Basically, just say I quit after episode eight. Oh, there, wow. were, there were so many people that dropped that show because of episode eight. So what the fuck are you guys talking about? It was funny because so someone epi- remind me what happened in episode eight. Uh, Lesbians. Everyone turned it becomes gay. Yuri. Oh right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yep. I like that episode because it was a nice change of pace after the first eight little bit slow Seven. episodes when they were children, and then we, you know. The story moves very fast in that teenage. Yeah, the first no, no, no. Was really slow. In that I, I, I fucking love it because, like, for seven episodes, I, I like pretty much clenched my ass the whole time. And then, like, come episode eight, it's fucking like, oh, they're growing up and they're all fucking each other. Like, so you spread your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on that bombshell. <laughs> oh, we're, we're stealing, we're stealing catchphrases now. Is that is that how is that how low we steeped? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, Top Gear's I'm dead do- anyway, right? <laughs> no, we're not. Do- we're not doing that reborn. special it's, outro it's, anymore. It's, it's, re- it's reborn. It's reborn in us. Yes. Grand tour. It's reborn well, in our uh, hearts. That's not Top Gear. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, anyway, so yeah, Shinseki Yori wins the Dystopia Award. Um, yeah. 90s shows, uh, all 90s sci-fi shows, all have pretty shitty societies. You should go watch uh, all three of those movies mentioned: Jinro, yes. Ghost yeah, in yeah. the Shell, and Akira. I need to watch Jinro. Jinro, definitely. Jinro is fucking badass. I recommend it. Uh, and on those recommendations, uh, this sentence is gonna get cut off.